This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Five days away from the start of the NFL season. Kickoff between the Chiefs and the Lions. I'm excited about that game. I'm really excited to see the defending champions against the Detroit Lions, who weirdly are now faced with expectations. When has that ever worked out well for them? But it should be a high-scoring game. should be fun. I think we're underselling. This Chris Jones situation and how it could affect the Chiefs. And look, you know, when you got Mahomes winning Super Bowls on one leg, it's hard to ever find any flaw that could derail them. But, you know, it's interesting. And Travis Kelsey spoke about it yesterday. But it's going to be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, you got the Jets and the Giants kicking things off with nationally televised primetime games, a, a game for the Giants. I think they will win and beat the Cowboys. I think the Jets will beat the, the Bills on Monday night. So that should make for a fun weekend. And by the way, uh, on September 10th, that is going to be the debut of a football show I'll be doing alongside the great Brandon Jacobs. So you can catch us a lot throughout the season. This this coming Sunday, or you know, not tomorrow, next weekend, we'll be on from 11 to 2. So I'm really looking forward to that. So many storylines, so many layers to break, break through as we march toward the kickoff week one. It is finally here. I'm so excited. Uh, by the way, Alan Hahn's going to join us two hours from now, 5 p.m. Eastern, just to talk about it all. Jets expectations, Giants expectations. We'll go through the NFL, maybe squeezing some basketball. But, of course, we'll talk some baseball, which is what we're going to start with today. At Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram, 800-919-3776. Yo, last night was the first time in, in a long time that I actually was waiting with anticipation for a Yankee game. I, I, I'm locked and loaded to the point where it's 7 o'clock. I got the prime video keyed up. And I'm like, what's going on here? Well, duh, the game doesn't start till 8 o'clock. That's how invested I was. I was hyped. I was excited. And it's the first time I've experienced that in quite some time just because the Yankees have, you know, fallen apart this year. It's falling short, way short, drastically of what the expectations were. But you get the youth infusion. Up comes Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells. And now you've got a, a little bit of a reason to, to, to remain invested, to be captivated. And what a way to start off for these two kids. I mean, Dominguez going oppo in that ballpark against that pitcher and that team. Yankee fans got to love it. Retired to Jersey now. I mean, he's already, already done a great job ingratiating himself with the fan base. And it's a, a cool moment. You saw the family was there, all emotional. His mom looked like she knew immediately was going out the park. And to do that off of a future Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander, well, what a moment. Your first swing is a home run. And then, you know, Austin Wells wasn't the, the glamour of leaving the ballpark, but he comes up there and he gets a hit in his uh, debut. So it was fun. It was fun to watch the Yankees get a win. And, you know, for a team that has given us nothing to be excited about, I will say last night was a breath of fresh air. It was a, a feel good moment. The Yankees beating the Astros, a lot of home runs, uh, Judge going yard. And how about this? He hit the 30 home run mark. He's one of four guys in the American League with 30-plus home runs this year. And the depressing thing about it, as, in, as impressive as it is, it's depressing because you wonder just what he could have done had he stayed healthy. Imagine the opportunity to go back-to-back 60-home run seasons. I think he would be challenging Shohei for the MVP award. 
you know, both teams. I, I typically side on or err on the side of you, know, you shouldn't be the MVP if your team's not in the playoffs, but the Angels, Otani's going to win it. Judge could have challenged him. And it would have been fun to watch what, what type of numbers he could have put up this year. But it is sad to see it all, you know, be wasted. You get the the 62 home run campaign from him last year and then Garrett uh, it lands him the highest level of honor uh, for a position player winning the MVP. Garrett Cole is going to get the highest level of honor for a, a pitcher. He's going to win the Cy Young and all you have to show for it is one playoff series win in a 2-year span against the Guardians. So that's the depressing part. But judge fastest player to 250 810 games. It took him to get there, fastest in Major League Baseball history. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. But then you get smacked in the face with reality this morning because you wonder at what cost. Because you're winning games, and in the moment it feels good to beat the Astros, and it's a, it, you know, it's a series they need to win. You look at the standings right now, and in that American League West— they are right now one game back in a loss column of the Mariners who lost to the Mets yesterday. So the Astros need these games, and I, and I get Yankee fans could take some joy and have some pride in doing your best part to knock them out of the postseason. But at what cost? Because a lot of people found themselves rooting against their team simply because the math would have suggested, all right, historically bad season, overcome by injuries, poor roster construction. This has to mean big changes are coming. It has to. There's no way, if you're how, you can look at the product that was put on this field, despite the fact that you allowed your general manager to spend the second most amount of dollars to build this team, and for you to be this severely flawed with all of these holes and not even come close to making the playoffs, that has to incite some type of reaction. If you say you're about winning, if you say it's championship or bust, there's no way you take the autopsy of this season. You get to the end of the marathon and you say, I think we're fine. We can run this thing back. But I'll say this. If you if you are on that side, because for me it's it's weird naturally, as a fan, I can't come into a game rooting against my team. I went through this a couple of years ago in the last year of, uh, of Darnold uh, when all the Jet fans wanted Trevor Lawrence, and for, for good reason, but I, I can't find myself in the front of the TV, let's say tonight, second and third, top of the ninth inning, it's 1-1, judges at the plate, he hits one to right field. I'm not rooting for that to stay in the ballpark. Of course not. It's not in my DNA. And maybe that in this instance, it makes me a bad fan or a good fan, depending on how you look at it. I just can't do that. But for the Yankee fans who are on that side, I wonder, the, the rest of the, uh, of the season, September is a big month because there is a stark contrast between ending this year with some momentum, winning games, the kids playing well, Versus your first losing season in three plus decades, where you finish in last place, you're lifeless, you're lethargic, it looks like all the players have quit on the manager. And that is all of the evidence you need for your owner to say, no, nah, we got to clean this whole thing up. We're cleaning house. The Yankees, right now, 27 games left in the season. They go 16 and 11, they finish above 500. How asked Cashman when he brings him to his office, tell me the reason why 
I shouldn't fire you right now. Where he says, look, I know it was a disaster. Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. It was a dumpster fire from the get-go. We started 30-19. and 19, We lost our best player. Our biggest pitching acquisition, he was lost half the season. We got zero production from our catcher, and now we have a prospect coming up who's probably going to be able to aid in that regard. Rizzo, I mean the concussion, what can you do there? Left field, third base, we're going to fill those holes. But with all of the injuries, with Nestor and Luis Severino, who was hurt and then he was bad, there, there's a lot that transpired this year. And I understand you being angry. But through all of it, we still found a way to, for the, what, 33rd consecutive year, finish as a 500 or better team. So at our worst, at our worst, we're in the best division in baseball. We are still a 500 team. We're not that far off. We got the young players coming up. The phrase being thrown around baseball is getting younger and more athletic. Dominguez, Pereira. You've got Austin Wells and the crew. It's, you know, listen, there's your youth. There's your athleticism. Yes, we'll tinker and make some changes, make some moves, but you can't expect Judge to to miss a lot of the season again next year. Rodon's going to be healthy. Garrett Cole's awesome. Glaber, he's right now our best trade asset, so either we flip him into pieces that we can use to fill the holes, or we, you know, you saw the Peter Gammon story, they may move him to left field, so there's the answer to that question mark. Nestor's going to be back, so Rizzo is not going to be dealing with a concussion. Still have Stanton. Look, LeMahieu all of a sudden has found that, that fountain of youth where he can hit again. That's the conversation. That's, that's Cashman's selling point to how on why he should retain his job. Whereas if things go south, things go the other direction, and they continue to spiral, and you're talking about seven, eight games under, then that conversation is different. So I wonder if you're a Yankee fan, what is it that you're rooting for? You're caught between a rock and a hard place. You want to see, obviously you want to see these, these players excel, You want to see Dominguez continue to hit bombs? You want to see Wells answer the question marks about whether or not he can legitimately play catcher in addition to his offense? You want to see Peraza and Pereira? You want to see Cole continue to march toward a Cy Young and Judge, you know, go out there and, and, and show that he's still the best show in baseball? You want all of things to go well, but you might be left with the result of this entire operation returning and, yeah, what we'll do is overhaul our analytics department because everyone says, you know, a- analytics is everything to do with baseball. Every team's doing it. So if we overhaul the most important aspect of our operation, that's us addressing the problem. That That's how we fix it. We can bring Cashman and Boone back. Players starting to, you know, gel. But that's how we fix it. And... I can't say, that at least for this Yankee fan sitting in this seat talking into this microphone, it's not doing enough for me. 800-919-3776. We're rolling. Going until 630. Once again, Alan Hahn's going to join us at 5 o'clock. We will get into football. The Mets won a game last night and saw uh, their bright young star get a hit as well. So still something to look forward to you if you're a Yankee or Mets fan. 
diametrically opposed to what we thought we were getting, but it's still something that's here as it carries us to hand that baton over to the NFL season where there are expectations for both the football teams. So a lot on the table. Let's do it. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler until 630 right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So this was just announced. Tom Pelissero on Twitter. The NFL has fined Jets wide receiver Randall Cobb $13,889 for unnecessary roughness and illegal blindside block on Giants defensive back Bobby McCain in last week's preseason finale. So this play actually blew up, uh, especially after we saw on Hard Knocks. There was a, a, an exchange between Rodgers and Jahai Ward of the Giants. It was a, a nice, fun back and forth. Them trash talking before Rodgers threw that touchdown pass to Sauce Gardner. And you can see on Hard Knocks, once they get back to the huddle, Rodgers is like, dude, this ain't 2014 anymore. You're, you're going to get fined for that. And in the episode, once they, they show the, uh, the, the sidelines where Cobb's family his wife sitting she says you know we we got hit with a, a fine last year of 18k so hopefully it's not that she'll get her wish it's not the 18k he got fined last year but it's still fourteen thousand dollars so i just wanted to uh give you that as we get ready for football season looking forward to it well also before we get to the phone calls at 800-919-3776 don't want to shortchange the mets they got a win last night and yeah, it was over one of the hottest teams in baseball, the Mariners, who lead that American League West. But the, the bigger story is Ronnie Mauricio. We had been hearing about this kid all year long. You wondered when the Mets were going to finally bring him up, and they, fi- and they did so last night. And all he did was have the hardest hit ball of the season off the bat of any Met. 22-year-old comes up. He's a shortstop, but obviously he's not going to play there because of Frankie Lindor. So they're going to give him some run at second base, and he, at least for one game, looked like he can handle it, looked comfortable, handled a, a routine pop-up, started a nice double play in that third inning, and, you know, 117 miles per hour double off his bat. That's got to excite you as a Met fan. And the rest of the season is just, similar to the Yankees, about evaluating what you have in these youngsters. Brett Beatty returned, and, you know, he had struggled offensively, was sent back down. He finally snapped that 0 for 21 streak. And, you know, you look ahead to Frank, you know, Francisco Alvarez and Mark Vienzo. So that that's the core of guys you're hoping can be what helps you get to your future as far as you becoming a contender faster than, than you would expect. And they'll have to see what to do with Pete Alonso. I, for the life of me, can't really comprehend why you would trade him if you are Steve Cohen like it, the reason why it was easy for Met fans to quickly transition from all right it's championship or bust to three months later we're, we're sellers and okay with it was because you were selling them on this idea that you know this just isn't working what we're going to do wave the white flag punt on this season Go out there and replenish our farm system because the uh, the most healthy organizations bring up young players and you supplement it with free agents and trades. But the core part of your group, the blueprint for building something of sustained success and excellence is, the, you know, it, it, it coming from your minors, your minor league system. So you can get behind that plan. Maybe in 2024 we'll, we'll be competitive, but once 2025 hits and these guys come up and pop, 
We're ready to roll. We're ready to cook. Trading Alonzo just takes you, it takes you further away from contention. Like your title window now looks like farther in the future. And I get you don't want to overpay for a first baseman because the going rate. Listen, bleep all that. This guy's your best player. If he continues at this rate, he's a Hall of Famer. And he's homegrown. Your fan base loves him. And not that you should make every decision, you know, based on the emotions of your fan base because that can also get you into trouble. But this guy, he, he's been your best player. He's the real deal. Does he leave a lot to be desired as far as his awkwardness and some of the stories we hear about him in the clubhouse? Sure. But that can be cleaned up. You're supposed to be adding talent, not trading it away. So that was just mystifying to me. This idea that you're going to trade him. Unless you're getting an already-made great player in return, which I don't see happening. That team's going to then have to pay Alonzo. You 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 divvy the money up, and, and you keep this guy here. One of the luxuries of having Cohen as your owner is you don't have to worry about the money. He's going to take care of it. You don't just give talent away. That doesn't register with me. But as far as the rest of the season is concerned, for Met fans, you get to just enjoy wins and watching your players grow. Yankee fans are dealing with that quandary of, is winning really good for the long-term health of this organization? Is it really good? 800-919-3776. Batting leadoff today is Marty in Asbury. What's up, Marty? Hey, Marty. Uh, This is disappointing. Marty, going once. Uh, we got to figure Marty out. He's struggling there. Uh, speaking of uh, young players thriving, let's hear the call, Michael Kay, on Amazon Prime last night of Jason Dominguez's first home run. Driven out to left field and deep. Going back, Alvarez turning, looking. Welcome to the big league. See ya. A home run for Dominguez in his first big league at bat. First swing, much less first at bat. And Aaron Judge post game was asked, uh, did he speak to the kids before their debuts? You know, Wells, I talked to a little bit last night, said some things to him. You know, Dominguez talked to him a little bit today, mostly go out there, have fun. Talked about a little outfield communication, stuff like that. But other than that, I just told him it's the same game. Go out there and do your thing. And <laughs> they, they, they did that today. And Judge knows about that. You remember when he came up and him and Tyler Austin in 2016 went back to back with home runs in their first at-bat at Yankee Stadium. So that was fun. And, you know, Coney reminded us on the broadcast, Joe Torre was actually in the booth with him and Kay. He he watched all of that unfold. The Yankees are in this new age of you have to look at what's what's in your, your minor league system. And people keep pointing to well, Baby Bombers 2.0. Well, guys, Baby Bombers 1.0 was a failure. So hopefully 2.0 is more successful than that. What you were sold on that group becoming versus the actual tangible results that were delivered paled in comparison. That was a failure. Aaron Judge, and that's it. At the end of this season, he's going to be the last man standing because you had Judge, you had Sanchez, you had Greg Bird, Clint Frazier, Luis Severino, and those guys had their moments, but it quickly fizzled out. And they deserve a lot of credit for Judge. It's similar to like how we look at slugging percentage. Like the more home runs you hit, the higher 
the percentage is going to be because we're looking at total bases. So Judge, yes, it only counts as hitting on one, but that's a big one that they deserve massive credit for. But the others were just total flops, which is why part of you, you know, watching these young players mature and develop, you don't want to get duped into prematurely coronating them just because you know it can fizzle out. And the Yankees, I think one of the biggest indictments of this organization has been their inability to have player development on their hands. We've seen guys significantly regress. Like, up until this year, we're looking at Gleyber Torres. Like, remember in 2019, we thought this could one day become one of the best players in baseball? He hit 38 home runs. What happened to him? And why is it that on your watch, we see your assets continuously depreciate? Whereas in the past, it went the other way. You were trading, you were trading the guys who many people thought would pop and getting good players in return to help you win championship and molding what you retained into, into stars. And we just haven't seen that at all with this, with this Yankee organization. So on top of the failures in free agency and in trades, it's just been the lack of player development and growth and maturation of prospects who we were, we were sold at one point in time were untradeable for the next big star because they are going to be our star. We don't have to trade them. And then you see Debbie Garcia's DFA, Chance Adams, what happened to him? It's all, all the all of these players who you're you're you know, you're sold on, it just it never materializes. Tom's in Cold Spring. What's up, Tom? Hey, how's it going? Going well, man. What's going on? Talk to me. Good man, good, good, good. So Listen, I hate to disagree with you on this, but... Uh, Why do you I hate it? There's uh, nothing wrong with disagreeing with me. You don't gotta <laughs> hate that. It's a healthy dialogue. Uh, all right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the camp that, well, I think the Mets uh, definitely made a bad move on Nimmo. I think that contract is going to be maybe not Aaron Hicks bad, but close to it. Um, and I think that they should trade Alonzo. I think he's a one-dimensional slugger. He, he, you know, he's he's hitting what two twenty, two thirty right now. Granted, he's had you know great years. You know, he's he's one of the faces of the franchise. But you know, you look at the comparables to him, and you see that at the age of thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, players like him don't really hold their their skills. Uh, and and like I said, one dimensional. And I, I just. Cohen's got a lot of money, but you can only eat so many contracts. So let me so. ask you this, Tom, because I, yeah. I hear where you're calling from. But my retort to that is you say one-dimensional. You're talking about strictly an offensive player. Like you're getting nothing from defense or nothing on defense from him. No, I, I'd say he's uh, maybe league average defensively right now, and he's 30. So It's only going to get worse. I get you. But in the National League, you can, you can DH now. You can you can True. throw him at the DH spot. Hey, he's not going to stop True. hitting home runs. And yes, would you like for him to hit for a higher batting average? The sport has told you they don't care about that anymore. If you can hit dingers out the park, that's what's most valuable, and he provides that. You know, he reminds me of a little bit Cecil Fielder. I hear, I, I see, I, I, I no, I, I can definitely see that comparison. You right, so. I don't know. I, I mean, I understand the homegrown thing. And, you know, look, if he'd signed for like $200 million 
uh, you know, or something in that neighborhood, I, I would say go for it. But I think he's going to price himself out, or at least I feel like it, it might be time I to uh, get what you can for Listen. him. But I, I love your show, and I respect everything you say. And, uh, you know, we, we agree to disagree on this one. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the call. We, we can. It, it's fine. There are some Met fans who who are on that side of the fence where they say he's getting older, he's going to be overpriced. You know, after you look past his abilities to hit home runs and then you hear about the the chatter of, you know, how he can sometimes be a detriment in his own locker room, that can turn you off. But my point is if if I if I know for a fact I'm getting anywhere from 35 to 50 home runs for the next what, 4 to 5 years from this guy, and my owner is selling me on we're not that far away from our championship window being reopened, the idea that you're trading your best player, to me, negates that. It defies the plan that you're selling. Unless you're getting a star in return for him, someone who you know for a fact is going to be able to produce. And again, we can... We can critique the batting average, but it's just hard to do that in a sport where everyone tells us batting averages don't matter anymore. 800-919-3776. We'll return to your phone calls uh, right here in a moment on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jacob, driving into the studio today, so I'm on the highway. I caught, man, it's... 5-0, so them get somebody on on speed, and, and you can see where where the uh, the trap is set because they'll be hiding out, they'll be hiding out where, where they think no one can see them. And then I, you know, I saw them go get somebody. He was speeding, and you hate to be in that situation again. I actually dodged cops before. Okay, they they caught me speeding. I was able to dodge them and get off, and you know, get back on and elude the elude the defense, if you will. You sure, you sure it wasn't Fast and Furious movie that you saw that night? I don't know if that sounded like time. <laughs> nah, man, that was me. I, I, I knew they were coming for me. I saw him leak out uh, off the shoulder. I'm like, nah, it's, I'm the only one on the road. I know he's coming for me. So I got off real quick. I was lucky that the, the exit was right there. I did a little weasel, 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 got back on the highway, and I was in the clear. But I saw somebody get got today, get got for speeding. It's crazy when they catch you speeding when it was like six or seven cars that went by before you that the was worst. doing the same thing. Dudes is doing willies and spinneroonies and all that, and then you get caught. And it's a lot of times you're driving and you'll see someone doing something reckless. And you're like, yo, if that was me, I would definitely have gotten pulled over. Oh, I think about that anytime I go out of town and I'm driving and I see cars speeding and there's a bunch of space between me and the next car. I always think about, you know, just putting a little extra pressure on the gas and just catching up to him. But I always know it's that one guy waiting for me to mess up. You don't get caught. The state troopers out here lurking. They out here lurking. 800 919 Let's go to Sal, who is in Brooklyn. What's up, Sal? What's up, T? How are you? I'm hey. chilling, man. I'm chilling. What's going on? I, I'm with you 100% on a few things, but just give me a couple of minutes here, please. I, minutes? That's a long time, Any, Sal. Okay, okay. I'll go quick. Anybody who thinks you can get rid of, and I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but uh, I'm 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 a good baseball fan, in my opinion. Anybody who thinks you can get rid of minimum 35 homers and just say we can replace that, 
That's silly talk right there. Are you talking about with Alonzo? Yeah, it's crazy. With Alonzo, man. Come on. You ain't just going to – the guy's good for – like you said, from 35 to 50, and you're going to say, well, he's not good in the clubhouse. We got to get rid of that. No, nah, man, you got to learn how to work with that because you just don't make that up. That power just don't come out of nowhere. It, it just doesn't it, – it's not organic like that, the way they brought this guy up, and he's just a beast at first base. Good for 40 homers. Good for 100 RBIs, old school. And to be more accurate, Sal, to be more accurate with, you know, what I laid out, if you exclude the COVID year, he's good for anything from 37 to 53 home runs, and you're just willing to part with that. And they're saying, yeah, his body's going to break down. The guy's, he's country strong, so you don't have to worry about his body breaking down. So uh, uh, with that, here's the deal with the Yankees, why why they get on your nerves and, and why they don't develop. Two years ago, they drafted the kids, Spencer, and they do it historically. You know, you got to pay attention because I follow their minor leagues. They draft Spencer Jones. The guy's coming from Division One A, killing it. And so, if if you're coming out of One A ball from Vanderbilt on these serious programs, they draft them and send them down to Low A ball rather than start this guy minimum Double A ball. They draft Brandon Meyer this year. They got him in Super 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 Dominican League playing. They drafted Arias last year. They got him playing in super low A ball. When you're drafting these kids for four and five million dollars, don't throw them away where they're getting lost and they're really not going to develop. And you can see if they have it or not to play at a level that you want, rather than babying them step by step. But yo, man, you get thrown in the water if you sink or swim. It's very simple. And these guys have a habit of getting somebody, hiding them. And bringing them up a level and a level and a level and a level at a time. So that by the time they're 24, 25, 26, man. they're not prospects no more, man. Yeah, they're they're, they're, <laughs> listen, that that is a that's a that's a knock on the Yankees. I appreciate the call, Sal. They, sometimes they do allow these guys to cook in the minors a little bit too long, and then you never get a chance to actually see them be great. And I understand you got to find that healthy medium between you not bringing them up prematurely where it could ultimately stunt their growth versus, you know, doing what Sal said. And you, you sending them down and he just never gets a good look, which is why it was shocking to me to see Dominguez up here so quickly. And I know he had a great spring training, but, you know, he, he went from single A to double A at age 19. And quickly he moved through the rankings. I'm happy for him. It's, it, it's great. It, it's great for the Yankees, of course. Judge talked about how there's like a different energy and juice on the bus now when you have that infusion of the of the youth. And it's also great for fans to see like if there is a reason to be optimistic, here's what you have. Here's exactly what you have. Allen's in Uniondale. What's up, Allen? Yo, my guy, Ty. How we doing, bro? You already know, man. Um, chilling and stuff, you know. I was about to, I was about to slip one up, you know. I was about to curse my bucket. Yeah, um, don't do that. Come on, man. Yeah, it yeah, is I FCC. Hack radio. I know. Yeah, that's not. Radio, we're we're having a conversation at a bar, but it's censored. Just think about right. it that way. Facts, facts, facts. So like, nah. Uh, I was actually gonna go into the Jets, but I just want to say something about the Alonzo stuff. Yeah, the Mets are buggers. They don't sign Alonzo. They wow. They wow. Yeah, I would. I t- I think that would be a mistake. Oh, really? <laughs> Didn't we just have the conversation? Didn't we just talk about it? Literally, literally two seconds ago. Seconds so- ago, I said we're having a conversation at a bar, but just 
have it be centered. And then 10 seconds later, he slips up. And I love Alan. He always shows the, the, he's always got a lot of love for me in the show. But come on, my G, you can't do that. It's Saturday afternoon. We got the kids in the cars. Parents are taking their kids shopping for the school year. We don't want to expose them to that, to that type of language. What's going on, man? And come on, me, neither me nor Ty has the budget to pay for that fine. Yeah, that fine ain't coming my way, man. That, I, that fine ain't, ain't going my way. 800-919-3776. I see the phone calls lining up. We'll get to you after the break. Four o'clock, we're going to get to some football. And so much on my mind. Are the Jets' expectations too high or are they just right? Giants. I'm never going to get used to people, specifically Giant fans, saying they would be okay with a step back. So we'll get into all of that, start the 4 o'clock hour. But when we return, we'll get to your phone calls, 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going until 6.30, leading you into coverage of Yankees-Astros right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I always do this, Jacob. Like, as a producer, segments I wish that I I had come up with. Like, the pick segment during the NFL season, whoever came up with that is genius. It's easy, it's simple, it's a staple. Pick games against the spread, everybody's into it with the gambling, the whole nine yards. Um, The Stephen A. used to do, like, the love doctor, where you call up with a relationship question. That's great. It, it, It engages not just sports fans, but anyone in their car listening to that could vibe to that. One segment I honestly wish I came up with was a segment uh, Rosenberg does on his morning show called Congratulations, You Played Yourself. And it's similar to what DPH or Rothenberg do on Fridays, the, the, you know, the morning roast, where someone does something stupid and you just flame them for it. Yeah. That's a segment that, you know, congratulations, you played yourself. Then you hear DJ Khaled come and sing, congratulations, you played yourself. That's a segment I wish I had come up with. That's genius right there. And it... <laughs> It's because it's simple and it works. Like it, you don't have to try too hard. It's it's something that everybody gets to. Everybody understands. It's easily explainable, and people can relate. And not only that, you openly killing your coworker over on air. You so. killing your coworker, or you can kill anybody. Anyone who does something that you find to be a bad decision, stupid, ridiculous, you can blame them for it. So if we had done that segment on this show, guess who you would be giving the congratulations you played yourself award to today? Would it be Allen? That would be yours truly, Ty Butler. Why is that? Because I did something today that easily in real time you can see was a comically bad decision, but for some reason I thought it was the right thing to do. So I wake up today, 7.45, got the show at 3, and you know I've got all this time on my hands because the the family's going away they went up to Jersey to engage in like a community event where they're you know a part of this back to school drive that my folks put together my parents put together shout out to uh the place of exchange really good for the underprivileged getting them some backpacks and clothes some books get back to school the whole nine so they're gone for the day which means I've got all this time where I can just do whatever I want the world is literally my oyster so, you know, I decided, you know what, I'm up, I got some energy, I, I went to go run, I ran three miles, came back to the crib, I left I left the house at, I want to say it was 8.50, I get back 9.20. So you figure, you want to leave the house by 1.30 just because with, with Manhattan, I mean, every other weekend they've got some parade that's just going to screw traffic up, block off Central Park, and now you've got uh, to do this whole dance to get into the city. So... 
in, in theory, I've got four hours at my disposal. What should I do? I you get ready for the show, throw the AC on, came back from a run so I could shower, make some breakfast, eat, chill, relax, do everything. You know what I decided to do? You know what I decided to do, Jacob? What's that? I walked into my bedroom. I looked at all the laundry, and I said, five bags of laundry, Saturday morning in a heavily populated area in Queens. Let's go do it. Who says no? And boy, was that a decision that did not age well. That was, that like Who in their right mind? We all know that the worst day to do laundry is, Friday, is Saturday and Sunday morning because that's when people have the opportunity to get it done, off of work, off of school, and it's just going to be madness. I, I just don't know what would possess me to do that. Congratulations! You played <laughs> to steal an old, to, you know, to steal a segment from from my guy Rosenberg's radio show. What would possess me to do laundry? And look, I, I actually felt like, you know what? It would be great if my wife came home and all five bags were done. Like this is just a nice gesture, and not that I deserve credit for it because I'm part. I contributed to the laundry, but five bags. I mean, it's one of those where the thought counted a lot more than what you was trying to do. Like, and and laundry's the type of thing where like it's a chore that you can't decide halfway through. You just don't want to do it anymore. Like you, like if you're cleaning around the house, I did the kitchen, did the bathroom, tomorrow I'll take care of the living room and the bedroom. You're cleaning the car, did the interior, tomorrow I'll do the exterior. Once you get into laundry, like there's no way out of it. You you gotta finish the whole thing. And one bag takes you about like three hours. So I can only Dog. imagine what you was trying to do, bro. So I have a unit in my apartment building. The problem is it's only one washer and dryer. So you think about five bags of laundry with one washer, one dryer, it's gonna take me all day to get that done. Which is why I went to the I went to the to the, to the laundry mat to get it done, and it's just it was too much, man. It was too much. I'm sweating. I got five bags. I felt like I was doing an extra workout. It was expensive, and then like some people will have the laundry mat do their laundry for them. Yeah. You know how much they charge to do that? I'm I think that, yo, that it's guy. crazy. I'm that guy. Oh, I, you do that? I stopped doing laundry probably for like the last like three years, and that's only because how much is that? The, how much they charge you? Because they do it per pound, right? Yeah. So. I want to say I average about two every two two and a half weeks about fifty dollars maybe, but I mean fifty dollars not bad. It's just my whole thing is why would I pay you fifty dollars to do something I can do myself? Now I agree with that, and I love the fact that they fold it for you too. Like that's dope. That's the that's the worst part of laundry actually the folding and the putting the clothes away, which is what I don't do. Yeah, I mean they do. See everything's pressed nicely. Warm, like yeah, I, they, yeah, they got the they folded just the perfect. There's like a school of, of of teaching on how to fold clothes, and they just execute it. You ever like picked up a shirt and unraveled, and you try to put it back the way they had it? Yeah, it's not happening. It never bro. worked out the same. <laughs> it's not happening. So you know, you in a, a serious relationship like me, I'm married. Everyone who's who is in a serious relationship can attest to like the non-negotiables, right? Like fidelity, uh, you know, respect. For me, it's. I could do the laundry. I will walk through the fires of hell with five bags of laundry and do it. One thing I'm not doing is folding clothes and putting them away. That's the non-negotiable. I'm not doing that. See, it might take me. It might take me the rest of the day. So, like, if I start cleaning and drying laundry early in the morning, 
it's not getting folded and put away till like the end of the day. Oh, for me, that you talking two weeks where I, the next <laughs> the next time I do laundry, I'm still taking new laundry, clean clothes out of the laundry bags because it, that's how long it's taking. It's the, the process is just too tedious. It's a waste of time. I can't do it. So my wife will do it. The only thing was like it, it really bothered me when she would just I fold my clothes and put it in the wrong place. So now I've got. My my regular T-shirts that I wear out, humping on my gym shirts, and then I got the basketball shorts with the regular shorts. It was just too much. Well, like, I, I hope your wife is at least listening to, so she knows that you at least made an attempt to do it. Because I don't want you to go home and have to deal with the backlash of, we know why wasn't this done. You know what she did to me, though? So I did tell her about about my experience today. And I said, FYI, when you get home... Be advised, you've got two big comforters that are spread across the cl- the couch in the living room. So it'll, it'll appear messy, but it's just that, you know, I'm air drying the comforters that didn't get all the way dry. And she says, shaking my head, they didn't dry all the way. So I responded to her. I said, the proper response would be, oh, babe, thanks. Five bags of laundry solo. Really proud of you. Appreciate you taking that off my shoulders. But, of course, we get the ungrateful text. Shaking my head. What are you shaking your head at? You shaking your head that all the laundry's done? You don't got to take care of it? You don't got to worry about that? That's one less thing you got to do? Listen, you're supposed to dry the comforter all the way. You you know you messed up right there. Yo, that anxiety when you walk to a uh, to a dryer and you're like, man, I hope it's all the way dry. I, don't really, I really don't want to stay here an extra 30 minutes to get it all the way dry. Then you put the wet clothes in the, in the, in the laundry bag and it smells a certain way, so you got to redo the laundry. But that was my experience before the show today. We'll get back to sports coming up. NFL season is right around the corner. Five days away, you got Chiefs, Lions, you got the Jets and Giants on, uh, I'm sorry, you got the Giants and Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. You've got the Jets and Cowboys on Monday Night Football. So we'll talk about it coming up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.